Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back to the podcast. So happy to be with you this week. I am going to talk about my history with binge eating today because I thought, um, I just wanted to open up about it because I think it's so important to normalize how common binge eating is, whether it's binge eating behaviors or binge eating disorder. And it was actually in my conversation with Sancia, who was one of my previous podcast guests, that she reminded me of some of the things I used to do and that I like totally blocked out. And I was like, I need to talk about this because I think there's so many people who maybe are experiencing binging, compulsive overeating, feeling out of control, feeling very ashamed, feeling very alone, feeling like there's just no hope. They can't control themselves. And we just need to call it out. We need to bring it out into the light. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about how you recover from it because it's actually driven by the very thing that you are doing to try to stop it. And the thing that you're doing to try to stop it, if you're anything like me, is you're trying to eat cleaner and restrict more. And that is exactly what drives binging. So let's talk about that. So let me just open up. There are, I've done a lot of episodes about binge eating because we have a whole separate binge eating disorder program. But if you want to learn more about binge eating disorder, I want you to go to episode 44 and 45, where I talked to Julie May, and she is our binge eating recovery coach. She's trained in CBTT, which is exceedingly effective for binge eating disorder. It's amazing. And then episodes 41, 43, 48, 66 are client success stories who've gone through that recover strong program. And so if you want to hear more about that, I want you to go and reference those podcast episodes. But today it's really like off the cuff. I don't have, you know, clear teaching points. This is really just me opening up and sharing kind of my history, what I went through and kind of my reflections at this point and how I approach health very differently now to avoid jumping into more binges. So my binging was primarily when I was in medical school, when I was in residency and very early career, that was when it was worst. And I don't remember exactly how it started, except it definitely correlated with when I became really into clean eating. And by background, like I've always been really interested in nutrition and fitness and you know, if you follow me, you know that like, I I love health. I love advocating for health. I love advocating for honoring our bodies and taking care of our bodies because we've only been given, given one, but there's like this very fine balance between advocating for health and the pathological, like diet culture thinking that kind of gets in there and it's really insidious and it's disguised and kind of like masquerades as health but it's really actually very toxic under the surface. And that is, you know, the obsession to be perfect, to be very all in like clean eating. Like I actually really dislike that terminology of clean eating because I think it's, it's wrapped up in like, you have to always be clean eating. You can't have sugar. This is the only way to be in your bad. If you eat anything, there's like, you know, food, foods that are good for you, foods that are bad for you. So all of that language I think is really toxic, but anyway, when I became really interested in clean eating is when I notice, when I think, think back that the binges were happening. And the shocking thing is, is I've had trouble preparing this episode. I've wanted to talk about it for a while, but I have blanked out so much of that time in my life. And so many of the episodes of binging, I forgot about, 
I did not even remember them. And you know why? Because I was completely zoned out when they were happening. I was like in a trance, which is really common feature of binge eating disorder. And so it actually has taken me like having moments that triggered my memories to to bring it back to me. And it was in my discussion with Sansia that she started opening up and sharing. And it was one thing that she said. She said that she used to chew food up and spit it out. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is exactly what I used to do. And I totally forgot about it. I would stand in front of my garbage can and I would have cookies or whatever. It was always like a sweet thing because I had a sweet tooth, but I felt like I shouldn't be eating. I shouldn't have a sweet tooth. I shouldn't crave sugars. What's wrong with me? I want to be healthy. Why do I crave these things? So I would eat them, chew them up, and then I would spit them in the garbage. And I would just sit there and like be totally zoned out eating cookies and spitting them in the garbage. And I forgot about that. Crazy, right? Other things I would do, like I, I tried to prevent binges by not keeping junk food in the house. So when this is when I was living alone, I lived in a condo in downtown Toronto. As I said, I was going through med school residency, early career as a physician, and I didn't keep junk food. So I had things for like, quote unquote, healthy baking, right? So I had dates in the house and I had walnuts and like lots of different types of nuts and nut butters. And so my, my go-to when I was on a binge would be dates and walnuts. And it's so ridiculous, but I would open up the date. I would put a walnut inside and I would eat that and I'd be totally zoned out and I would eat it to the point where I was so sick and I would still be eating. And I am not kidding you. I'd probably eat two to 3000 calories in a sitting just of dates and walnuts because these are very high calorie, high sugar, high fat foods that were quote unquote healthy. So I didn't feel as bad eating them, but I would feel terrible for eating them because I knew I was completely out of control. I could not stop myself. And I would feel so sick afterwards, right? And if I didn't have dates and walnuts, another thing that I would do is I would take out my peanut butter from the jar and it would be, of course, all natural peanut butter because I was trying to be healthy, right? But then I would want something sweet with it. So I'd get out the jam and I would just sit there. And I, I remember like studying and I'd be sitting there, not paying attention. Obviously it's always mindless eating peanut butter and jam out of the jar. And like, I could finish an entire thing of peanut butter, And I'm laughing because I can remember how physically ill I would feel. Like imagine this like heavy jar of peanut butter just sitting in your stomach and you can't even like digest that. And it just sits there for hours and you feel terrible. That was me very frequently. Like that happened many times. I have now that I think back many memories of doing that. Another time I remember talking to my best friend, Jen, on the phone. I was sitting on my couch and I had really like tried to even, even restrict more. So maybe I stopped buying dates. Like I think at some point I stopped buying dates because I was like, I can't control myself around dates. Like I have like pruned myself of all sugary foods and now I can't even have dates in the house because I can't control myself. Like this is how much I was trying to restrict to prevent the binges. So I was sitting on the couch and I just wanted the comfort of like hand to mouth, hand to mouth. And so I... I had a pack, a three pack of romaine lettuce, romaine lettuce in the fridge, but I just wanted to like the comfort of chewing and I wanted something in my mouth and I wanted that hand to mouth action. I ate the entire bag of romaine lettuce and that was my binge. Like I know some of you are like, oh, but that's healthy. Like that's not even a real binge. You're not eating chocolate bars and pizza. It's not the point. Like the food was not the problem. And I always say this food is not the problem. It's not about that. It was about, I couldn't control myself. And I was trying to find something in food that was not supposed to be found in food, right? I wasn't supposed to find my solace or whatever I was looking for to like soothe myself and help me through and comfort myself in food because food was not the answer, right? 
So yeah, you can try replacement strategies. And I think that's one of the things people do. So I was trying to restrict harder. Some people, I, I hear a lot of clients who are like, well, I don't want to have my sweet in the evening. So I'll like switch it out for this healthier thing. Like I will buy a sweetened protein bar instead of eating my chocolate bar. The thing is, if you are someone who binges and you're just trying to do these swap strategies, you're not dealing with the core issue, which is why are you binging in the first place? Why do you need to have food in your mouth to feel better? That's what we have to get to the core of, right? What are we missing out on? And so, you know, as much as I try to control all these things, and that's the thing is if you're trying to control all these things, don't have them in the house, inevitably one day they come into your house and then you're, you're toast, right? Like that was the problem is if I did end up like I had a party or I had guests over, I baked, you know, a, a thing of muffins. I didn't know what to do because I had given all my power over to these foods. I didn't know how to control myself unless I didn't have them in the house. And so then it would be, well, I just need to eat all of them, all of the cheesecake or all of the tray of muffins. I need to finish them all because tomorrow I have to be super healthy. I have to go back to eating healthy tomorrow. So let me just get these out of the way. I also shouldn't be eating it because I'm bad for eating it because I'm supposed to be eating clean, right? This was all I'm just sharing, like everything that would go on in my head. Um, so I'll just eat it all. And so there won't be any more, right? And like, it would literally be, you know, like, you know, like, not even good cakes or cheesecakes that would come in, but they were just sweet. And I would just like have a spoon. And I obviously not putting it on a plate, like eating the whole thing off of the tray with a spoon, just like, just one more bite. No, I'll put it away after this one. Just one more bite. Just one more bite. Just one more bite. Cannot stop. Right. That's, that's a binge. Could not stop. So all of this was mired by the fact that I had so much guilt and so much shame around it because I also was a huge advocate for health and fitness and nutrition and eating clean, right? I'm like telling other people about health. And meanwhile, secretly, and it was always in secret, eating all this stuff and like feeling so out of control. And I had a blog called The Healthy High where I posted clean eating recipes. Like I would post recipes about using tofu to make cheesecake, right? Tofu and honey and like lemon. I remember that one. It was like a key lime pie made out, made out of soft tofu. And honestly, it's, it was good. Like I liked it. I'm not knocking it. Like I think that those things are still fun to make sometimes. I don't do it anymore because I don't like cooking anymore, but I back then really did. But I'd be doing these, I'd be like posting these recipes and then I'd be like binging on dates and walnuts and feeling out of control and wondering like what was wrong with me, right? So I'd feel so terrible about myself and I'd feel so guilty and so out of control. And then I would just block out all these memories and I like, forgot about them. And sometimes my husband, he's like, do you remember how you were so out of control before? Like it really degraded your confidence. He sometimes reminds me of it. I'm like, oh yeah, wow, I've like come such a long way. So my approach now to food and to nutrition, all that is so different so different because I feel like I've learned so much and I've come so far and I see people now who are still like wanting to do things differently, wanting to get in control, but then still doing things the same way they've always done it, which is just restricting more. Right. And it's so insidious and it's so part of our culture, the whole like toxic diet mentality. And I'll just give you an example of how it's like so ingrained, even in my family, even with my husband, my brother, my parents, sometimes if I'm eating like an ice cream, he'll be like, joking, right? They're not ill-intended, but they'll say things like, oh, we should take a picture of you and post it on your social media, show people what you really eat. And I'm like, do you understand? Like me honoring my body does not mean I'm never going to have an ice cream again, right? Like I'm never, it's not, not that I'm never going to eat sugar again. I, you know, yeah, I'll generally just eat, you know, a small ice cream and I don't have it on a cone. Sometimes I'll have it. Sometimes I won't. And I'll generally eat it only when it's worth it. Me eating an ice cream is not a problem. Me not eating the ice cream in front of people and then going home and 
binging by myself in secret because I was ashamed and was struggling with cravings and didn't know how to control them and then eating tons of stuff and being out of control. That was a problem. So I have no issue now having an ice cream or having an Oreo cookie. Like these things are like so processed and so bad. Like I have no problem eating one because I can eat one or maybe even two. Maybe I'll have two. I'll be satisfied. But I don't need to eat like the entire box, right? Or try to eat a, like something that isn't really as satisfying because I'm trying to be healthy, but then I'm eating all of it. And then I'm like, well, I'm still not really satisfied. Now let me also have some cheese and crackers now. Then that's not really satisfying. So let me also have like rice cakes with peanut butter on them. And then like continuing on because I'm not actually having anything satisfying. And my brain just still is looking for more and more and more. So I just think that there are so many, there are, there are different things that drive binging. And like, you know, sometimes it's just the risk factors that we have to address of you're not nourishing yourself enough. You're skipping meals during the day. You have inadequate sleep. There are emotional triggers and all of that we cover in our recover strong program. But I, I, what, what I want to talk about today is just the mindset risk factors that drive it. And it's the mindset of restriction. It's the mindset of, I shouldn't be eating that food. It's bad. Or I can't eat this food. It's fattening, right? Or I'm on a diet. So I shouldn't have that. I shouldn't have these food cravings. Something's wrong with me because I'm craving, right? And then it's attempting to follow a very restrictive diet that certain foods are allowed because those are good foods, but those are the forbidden foods that you shouldn't have. Like as soon as, whether it's physical restriction, like you're really physically restricting what's in your environment, like I did, or it's a mental restriction, like you are thinking it's bad to eat those things. Either one, that is exactly what drives binging. And that is exactly what's driven by our diet culture, right? And the whole concept of clean eating, So I was coaching a client yesterday and she was describing like she really struggles with like the nighttime compulsive overeating and would go and, you know, she's sitting down with her husband and they're trying to wind down and she would just be up and down to the pantry, which I completely relate to. And she's like, I'm trying to apply the mindset principles, but the mindset principle she was trying to like the mantra she was trying to tell herself is like, don't do it. Be good. Be good. Be good. And I was like, that is not going to work. Right. Telling yourself that you need to be good and don't do it is restriction, right? It's, I am bad if I do this, which immediately brings up judgment and guilt. And now you feel like a terrible person. So it's so disempowering, right? And it's like the the be good piece comes from restriction. Like dieting is you're either good and you're on your plan or you're being bad and you're not on your plan anymore, right? And that is so damaging to, hey, like food is neither good nor bad. What am I going to choose right now? All right, I'm having cravings. What am I, how am I going to honor my body right now? So, so different. I was working with another client yesterday who was describing just going through a very, very high stress time. She's been working on emotional eating and doing really well with it, but she was just like feeling very high stress. And she felt, she was describing how she's like, I'm walking around terrified. I'm so anxious because I know that tonight I'm going to go off the rails and binge and I don't know what to do. And I'm trying, and she was like trying to do some of the nervous system regulation strategies that we teach. She was trying to use cold water, doing deep breathing. She was even going to an exercise class, but she just had this like huge anxiety about what was going to happen tonight. And I was like, Whoa, hold on. Firstly, there's so many like nuances to this. I don't think that addressing emotionally eating means you never emotionally eat again. I don't think that's realistic. But what I, so what I worked through with her is like, whoa, we need to take away the power from the food and put it back into your hands. So I want you to just plan what you're going to have tonight. And I want you to enjoy it. Right. Like, cause th- this was the difference. She was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have some licorice or maybe a small, uh, like a bowl of chips. 
And I was like, is that going to be satisfying for you? Right? Like be realistic about what you're going to want. She's like, yeah, but if I do that, am I going to let myself emotionally eat all the time? And I was like, listen, this is not the problem. Having three pieces of licorice, which is what she was describing versus eating the entire bag of licorice and then the entire bag of chips because you're feeling out of control. Those are very different things, right? That is the difference. The goal is not to never eat licorice again. And even if it's emotional eating, the goal isn't necessarily to never have that, never emotionally eat, right? But it's to have awareness, to be intentional, to do it from a place of like self-love and kindness, not now I'm terrible, now I'm out of control, now I'm panicky because I don't know what to do with myself and so I'll just eat the entire bag, right? Like that's the problem that we have to deal with, right? For so many people. And if you're not relating to this, you can just turn my voice off. But I think, I think many people likely connect with this because binge eating is so, so, so common. So how do we fix binging? We let go of restriction. And this is really tricky because if you are really, really focused on, I have to lose weight. I'm not worthy if I don't lose weight. If I don't fit into this certain size, I'll hate my body. If you're really driven by that, or you're really culturally ingrained to think that aesthetics is the only thing that matters and you're really focused on aesthetics over health, there's, you're going to be restricting. You're going to do these starvation diets that are so common to reach your aesthetic goal, to reach that quote beach body, to fit into the dress for the wedding or for that event coming up. And you will do things that are in the name of health, but are not healthy at all. They're driven by restriction. They're driven by hating your body. They're driven not by love and honoring your body right? And you'll, 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 you'll think you'll continue believing that the solution to your binging problem is to restrict harder or just don't have the food available. Make sure I don't buy it, never buy it, right? Control the environment, which all of that just perpetuates your lack of control, your lack of power and gives all of your power away to the food. So, you know, having said that, that the environment piece, I want to just acknowledge that there are benefits to optimizing your environment to make it easier for you to make the easier food choice, like the the choices you want to be making. So environmental control can be great, but when it's driven out of fear or anxiety about the food, that's a problem, right? Because then as soon as someone brings it into your house, which is inevitable, it's going to happen at some point, you won't have any control. So here's my approach now. Now my approach is my body is a gift from God. It is designed by him. It is worthy. And this is the one body that I get. Like I get one body to walk through this life. I better love it. I better honor it. I better take care of it because, because like, this is my body. And it's much less about needing to look a certain way or to have like the Giselle Bunchen body, which is what I wanted when I was younger. And it's never, never going to happen for me. It's about, I want to take care of my body so that I can live out all that I'm called to. And sometimes I'm going to want to eat the cookie and I'm going to bring that into the open. I'm going to bring that into the light. I'm going to have the ice cream with my kids. I'm going to eat the cookie with my kids because when I start getting into the secrecy and the hiding, that's when I start noticing the problem again. So I'm really tuned into that because sometimes it still creeps up where I'm like wanting to hide it from my husband or hide it from my kids. And so bring it into the light. Eating the cookie is okay, right? It's eating the cookie package because you're out of control because you have, you know, you're, you're, totally in like compulsion and you're zoned out and you're numbing out, that's the problem. So all foods are permissible, all foods. And this is so tricky. You have to really notice all the little insidious thoughts of restriction of like, that food is bad. I can't eat that. That's going to make me fat. All foods are permissible. And what do I choose in this moment to nourish my body? When is it going to be worth it to eat the cheesecake? And when is it worth it to say, you know what? That's not the most loving choice right now. I could have that another time, but right not right now. 
It's so, so different. Okay, so I hope that is helpful. I wanted to share my experience. I wanted to just bring it out into the open. I don't have a whole lot of teaching points except that you have to work on noticing your restriction thoughts because they're so, so tricky. It's the restriction that drives the binging. And if it is causing a weight struggle for you, I'm gonna just tell you straight up, you cannot deal with your weight problem until you address your disordered eating. You can't. I've seen lots and lots of people who have tried to do this. Sorry, I thought I had my thing turned off, but anyway. Your weight problem will keep coming back if you don't address the binging. So if you want help with it, sashahighmd.com slash BED. We have an amazing, amazing binge eating recovery program. And I hope this was helpful. I will talk to you again next week. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.